let me, how do I put this? Vote for the best person that represents the Bible, okay? Just vote the word. That's what you want to vote. You might not like the person. You're not voting. You vote for the word. You... Okay, that went over well. I, have, I like that. But there's truth in that. There's truth in that. But those are out there. Those are free. And uh, we just have those because it's important that your voice be heard. Now, uh, Justin had mentioned potato night. Got a, I don't know if the cap will be exactly identical to this. This is a new 180 cap. These are going to go if, you, if you're, you're youth or a sponsor and you're like, oh, I'd love to have that. It's a one size fits all. So even, I think, if you have a melon head, you, you can still wear that. <laughs> Funny that people shout during that time. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Great. Anyway, um, $15, I think, is will probably go for those because we get those. And this is the uh, coveted trophy for Potato Night. First place, uh, Potato Night 180 Youth. And basically, they're going to bring a potato that looks like them. Past, present, or future, they make it to look like them. And then we'll have a potato bar. Uh, and there'll be some games and whatnot with that. And then a message geared. Not It'll be kind of starchy, but it'll be all right. <laughs> Full of carbs just to help you out. Are you good? I'm telling you, God is so good. We just love the Lord and excited for what he's doing and what uh, he's about to do and what he's going to continue to do. You know that God doesn't change. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I like that because how many things are changing in the world and things that are changing uh, that, you know, maybe you grew up and said, wow, that was different. Remember just in the past when you were a little kid and some are maybe older than I am. Uh, and uh, where it was just like, if you didn't lock your door, who cared? Depending on where you lived. Uh, but, you know, it was just kind of one of those things. And nobody messed. I, I remember talking to people who were like, I never take the keys out of my car. I just leave them in the ignition. And uh, my mind was like, why? Nobody ever steals my car. Of course, you can't really do that because insurance will be like, well, duh. You might as well put an Eat at Joe's sign out in front of your car in today's times. But you know what I'm saying. It's just nice to see something that just is completely stable. God never changes. You can't do anything to gain more of his love. You can't do anything to lose his love. He's incredible. <clears throat> well, because I was already kind of funny, I'm not going to tell you any more jokes. You've had enough jokes for this morning. I want us to get into what God is, is putting on my heart. Being smart. How many like to be smart? I want to be smart, don't you? How many have ever made mistakes and have learned from those? That's a biggie, okay? So let's be smart, but let's be smart God's way. Let's be smart. I'm going to give you five simple keys to walk in wisdom this morning. So if you're taking notes, you're going to be able to. This is not going to be hard. It's going to be easy. But if you follow these, it's going to help change your life. It's changed my life. But, uh, you know, it's just going to, if we apply God's word, you can't help but be better. Have you ever watched America's Funniest Videos, AFV? A lot of things happen on there. There's stuff that will happen on that. You could be surfing the channels, and AFV will come on, and if, if there is like uh, you know a person walking out that is on ice, you're probably not going to change the channel. You're going to watch to see what happens. Maybe not the best decision. Uh, but there's, we've all lived through decisions like, ah, I wish I would have, I could do that. I, I would like a do-over. 
We've all, we've all done that. Some we're, we laugh at, they're silly. I wish I would, you know, yeah, I'm not going to do that again. Um, but, you know, there weren't really a whole lot of consequences with it. Others, we've had to pay a dear price for them because we knew it was a bad decision and we, we heard the enemy and we did not listen to God. So today I want to talk about getting smart, being smart God's way. Not man's way, but God's way. So let's look at his word. Proverbs 4, 5, and 7 says, Get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her. She'll guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do, and whatever else you do, develop good judgment. So I want to be plain today. Uh, I want to put the, the stuff on the shelf where I can get it, you can get it, all God's children can get it. And we can... Uh, grow from it. So how many want to get changed today? Let's, let's go for this. Let's see what God has for us. The world has uh, a kind of sense, I guess. You might say nonsense. There's a lot of nonsense going in the world. We, we celebrate a lot of things. People just, oh, we want to celebrate this now, and it's wrong if you don't celebrate that. And da, 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 da. Some of that stuff to me, I believe, and just my own opinion, is nonsense. I think we should celebrate life. We should celebrate, doesn't matter what color you are, all lives matter. Do you not agree? Okay. Uh, so anyway, we're going to look at what God says. And the world would have, I guess, nonsense, but they would also have, if they're human, and, and they are, common sense. Things that would just be more common. And uh, God gave us a brain. I think we ought to use it. And so I want to walk in the wisdom of God, and I want to have, if you'll help me, some uncommon sense. Not just common to every day what men are doing, but uncommon. What would God have me do? God does a lot of things that don't seem common. He tells people to do things that are just like, that doesn't make any sense. Think about Jesus. Bring me the water. And he turns it into wine. Let me spit in the mud and put it on your eyes. You'll be able to see now. Let's take that stick and throw it in the water. Let's make it sweet. Let's hold the stick above uh, the Red Sea and watch it part. It doesn't make sense. It's uncommon sense. You could even call things. Have you ever done something that just doesn't, it just doesn't seem common, but you know the Lord told you to do it? You could even call that discernment. Who gives intuition to the heart and instinct to the mind? Job 38, 36. Discernment. Think about that. We've all experienced that moment one time when we're certain that something logically we're sure of. We just had a feeling, a gut feeling. Something inside just like, hmm, I don't know. But I know this. Something's wrong. Something's off. Or I think, yes, I just feel like we're supposed to go home this way. We couldn't logically be sure of, but inside we had an inner sense, a knowing, if you will. I had a feeling. That's intuition. When something inside puts you on alert. Intuition and discernment work hand in hand. And so I wanted to bring this to light, so to speak. They are not the same, but they work together. Intuition refers to a, a hunch or a gut feeling. Discernment helps you wisely recognize what your intuition is telling you when you need it. Does that make sense? So in other words, you can have a feeling, which really is part of discernment, but God put that 
sense in there for you to understand something's off, something's not right, or this is right. I don't know why. So you have that oomph of the Holy Spirit. How many knows that not every inner thought you have is of God? So feelings shouldn't always be obeyed. Because sometimes feelings, they're up and they're down. Life is a roller coaster sometimes. And sometimes you feel this, but you know you committed, you have to figure this out. I get it. Some feelings you have, there's nothing right about them. They're just plain wrong. Some of them are shots from the enemy. And he's putting those in you. He's trying. He's trying to do things that he is trying to impress you to do one thing and not the other. Scripture in Proverbs 16.25 says, There's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. A feeling or something must be submitted to the Holy Spirit, God in us. I love the, the Scripture that says, In Him we live, we move, we have our being. When we are in tune with God, He helps us decide what is right. We weigh everything. Kim and I will weigh everything up against the Word. If the word says no, it's no. Have you ever tried to argue with God? It really doesn't work very well, does it? It was like when I was a little kid trying to reason with my mother. She's here today, but I am out of her reach. But she would say things like, I'd say, Mom, I don't understand. She would tell me, do not climb that tree. I don't understand. Why can't I climb a tree? And she would say, because? I said so. Tell me where that's at in here. <laughs> but there is actually an implied, God does say so. And if you've ever tried to argue with God, sometimes when I've tried to say, but God, he's quiet. Because he's already spoken. He's already put his... His word on it. And our, you know what our job is? Is to be the amen. You know what amen means? So be it. God said it? Okay. So my mom would, you know, she would tell me, I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to cross the street without looking both ways. <laughs> and I would tell her stuff like, she'd see me run across the street to my friend's house. I'd say, there weren't any cars coming. She goes, I watched you. You didn't even look. I said, I was looking. <laughs> didn't, she didn't buy it. God, everything that comes into my mind, into my heart, is not always of you. The enemy is about. And he is trying his best to get you off track. The Holy Spirit inside you is the fountain of wisdom and understanding that Jesus sent to teach you and to guide you. God's ways are certainly not consistent with man's ways. It's great to get wisdom, it's great to have wisdom, but how do we walk and do our life on purpose? God, how do I do some of this? Sometimes I feel like where no man has gone before, or at least I haven't done this this way before. So here's your five. Give your neighbor a high five and let's get started. Here we go, key one. Get a watch. Get a watch. These are all gonna start with G, get, so they'll be easy for you to remember. I think they all get, but they start with G. I know that. Make time and take time to obey. 
What's priority? Do you have a daily to-do list? Get a watch. Do you just let your day plan you or do you plan your day? You might be like, Brett, some of these, I don't know. I don't want, I'm just trying to help you here. What you can tolerate or put up with, you usually will not change. If you are going to allow it, you will live with it. If you put up with it, you won't do anything to change it. It will be just part of what you do. Well, that's just what I do, or that's just, I don't care, that's what it always is, it's always done that. You know, sometimes you do things and we don't ask the Lord why. There's a story of a mother that just incredible holidays made an amazing ham, beautiful, delicious, I'm going to make you hungry, but anyway, there was, the end was always cut off, and so she showed her daughter Mom, show me how you make that ham. I just love, you know, my husband, it's, it's awesome. So she showed, so she cut off the end. And her daughter's, Mom, where'd you get that? I got that from great-grandma. Well, okay, and you cut off this end, and you make the ham, and everything. So somebody said, why do you, why do you cut off the end? I don't know. It's the way it's always been done. They went back. They traveled back a couple gen- generations to the grandma that started. She said, why? She goes, I didn't have a pan big enough. <laughs> so I just cut off the end because this is the only one it would fit in. But then for, for you know, so many years, they were just like, well, you got to cut the end off. See, sometimes we just fall victim to the enemy just telling you lies. Why don't you ask God? God, is this what you want? Is this what you want me to do, and how do I go about it? Many times we, we kind of have to not be so satisfied with the present to qualify for the future. Do you just want to stay status quo? Do you want to stay how your life is now? Can you see yourself doing anything besides what you do or have now, doing anything for the kingdom? Can you see your children saved? Can you see your grandchildren saved? Do you see a legacy or are you just like, eh, you know, so be if it happens, well, I don't want to just squeak by. I want to get a hold of God. I don't want to settle. If you want it bad enough, you will get it done. You have time for what you want to do. I want to say it one more time. You have time for what you want to do. You will and must take time for it. Everybody in here has 24 hours. We're all given the same amount of time, and it's what we do in that 24 hours that counts. What do we do? There's some people, you're just amazed at, like, how do they do that? Start studying how they do that, if you want to do that. They, I'm sure they have help, but they have their mind set, their purpose set. They would line up, if it's a, good, if it's a believer, line up with the word. Always line up with the word. Most, though, don't do anything towards their potential because it takes commitment, it takes effort, it takes willpower and determination, and here's one, consistency. We want things right away because our society has trained us. Instant gratification. The enemy's responsible for that. We live in a world of instant gratification. We want what we want, and we want it now. It's my money, and I want it now. It's the daily routine that makes a millionaire. 
They have a system and a schedule. It's also the daily routine that has got you where you're at today. Decisions. They make these decisions and then they manage those decisions daily to get where they are or vice versa. Works on both sides. But I'll give you more of that in just a minute. Here's number two. Give respect and you will get respect. I have never seen in my 61 years more lack of respect from some young people than I've ever seen in this time. And I've also seen it in older folk as well. But it has to be taught. It has to be received at home. when we're How many would say if, if you saw how some people talk or treat their elders or whatever, my, I would have been Ralphie with the bar of soap in my mouth. Or, you know, that way it just wasn't going to happen because we were taught respect. If I want respect, you have to give respect. You only collect what you respect or value. How many in here like to collect things? I like to, I have certain things I like to collect. Uh, you know, if you talk to most dudes, you know, I like guns. Okay, I like guns, but I don't like all guns. I like guns that I like. I like cars. I love cars. I would love to have, but I have certain cars that I want and that I like. I don't have those yet, but you know what I'm saying. I have things that I like. They're, they're, they mean something to me. If you go in my office, my kids have got me stuff. I have little toys on my shelf and stuff in there because it's stuff I grew up with, stuff that means something to me. My kids gave it to me, or I grew up with that, and that, you know, for whatever reason, that's something I like, so I collected that. But the world is out of focus, and I think our church is out of focus. Not just, I'm not saying just our church. I'm not really saying our church. I'm not pinpointing any church, but I think the church as a whole. When is it our job to say, oh, it's okay, the Bible's not right and anything goes. That's not our job, and that's wrong. The Bible's always right, always. It's never wrong. And so everything needs to come back to the word. Everything has to come back. The devil wants your focus on anything but the word, and here's why. Because the word is never, I mean, the word is consistent. It's constant. It never changes. It's always true, but it will change you. And if you are firmly planted in the word, you see, he wants, that's what he's coming. What I'm telling you today, he doesn't want you to believe any of it. Just keep doing what you're doing. How many wish you would have saved $5 a week for the last 10, 15 years? Oh, I had people tell me, just save $10 a week and you'll be fine. And I'm just like, yeah, well, I don't really need to do that. Boy, don't you wish you would have. You know, we could always, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, as they say. But, I mean, there's things we could always do. But the enemy is after the word because the word is true. If planted, it always brings a harvest. Always. It'll change somebody. It'll change somebody. It'll deliver somebody. It'll save somebody. It'll heal somebody. It'll do everything because God has put the word. It is God. The enemy's coming for your word, his word in you. Because if that takes root, you could be unstoppable. Let me make this simple. In church, 
We respect healing, not health. Now, before we get started and I go into this, I'm not judging, and I'm, I'll, I'll share as we get. So before you get mad, hopefully you won't, but if you do, pray, and God will help you. <laughs> In church, we respect healing, not health. People will travel hundreds of miles and wait two hours or more in a healing line, but won't exercise or eat right during the week. I mean, think about what I'm saying. And again, I'm going to explain. I'm not trying to judge, but I've got to lose weight. I've already lost. Anybody ever, that ever happened to anybody? That's, hallelujah. I'm not happy about it. I mean, in 2020, I had that heart attack, and then they said, you're really active. I had lost 65 pounds in about four and a half months. Before I was a pastor, my whole life was around fitness. I was a competitive bodybuilder. I know fitness. I'm not saying I'm the guru of it, but I do know how it works. So he said, I need you to take it easy for a bit. I've taken a little too easy for a longer bit than probably. <laughs> and so now, you know, I'm, I'm like, I didn't want to ever see some of, you know, I told, I told my daughter, I said, I, you know, I just wanted to weigh myself after vacation. I got on the scale, and I, I think I heard a voice said, one at a time, please. No. <laughs> anyway, all good. But, uh, you know, so I, I, this is what I'm trying to tell you. I'm not throwing stones at you because I've got to walk them out myself. So I had to get my physical side back as far as my mind into like okay brett you've done this before just do it again it is what it is as jack would say <laughs> and so in five days i've lost five pounds oh oh joy but it's pounds i'm glad to see go again because i wasn't happy to see them come again so what i'm trying to tell you is i'm not judging you but it's not a party. I'm not happy about that, but guess what? I'm responsible for it because I let it happen. We need to understand that everything we see, we see from something that you don't see. Did you understand that spiritual happens before physical happens? When we're believing and praying, the Bible says in Mark that we believe we receive when we pray. Not when it shows up. It happens first in the spiritual. Did you know that Jesus isn't going to the cross again? Your healing's already done. It's already been paid for. It is up to our reception and the concept of what God has already done, applying it to our life. The word is true. So when I put the word in and it is firmly planted, I begin to flourish. Healing comes if that's what I'm praying for. Provision comes if that's what I'm praying for because it's already there. If I'm missing it, then maybe I don't value it enough. Jesus is not a pop machine that we can just put 50 cents in and go, Ooh, today I'll take one. He is there when we need him, yes. But we shouldn't have that relationship where it's just, eh, I'll call you when I need you. But isn't that how it is sometimes? We used to cry to Jesus a lot. We remember telling him, God, 
vacation. We don't even, we can't go on vacation because we don't have any money to go. Kim and I, one vacation we went, true story. We had a 76 Cougar. Charlotte, you'll remember the Cougar she got when she grabbed. 76 Cougar. I took a wrong turn coming back from Michigan. Right about when you hit Toledo, you got to pay attention. Because you can go one way and I don't know where you end up, but we went the wrong way. And we, were, we went on vacation on a dime. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're just like, thank you, Jesus. <sighs> we're on our way home, and I took the wrong turn, and the gaslight is on for W, for walk. And I'm thinking, how are we going to get home? We stopped. We dug in the, the mats of the backseat of that cougar and found a dollar and 36 cents. And I went to the gas station, and I pumped a dollar and 36 cents. The guy goes... Really? I said, yep. And we prayed. It'll make anybody, if you're, you become Pentecostal when you don't, you know what I'm saying? On the way home, we were praying. We were, there was no question about tongues then. Help me, Jesus. Shut We coasted, true story, coasted in front of our apartment, and the car ran out of gas. I stopped it right in the front, and it was, I don't know how. I just think I put my angels on overdrive or something. <clears throat> but we have to start valuing things. This is what the Lord told us. We don't even have any money to go on vacation. You know what he said? You don't even save a dollar. God doesn't really mince words with you. You don't even save a dollar. And we had to look at each other and go, you know, we, he's right. We didn't track anything. So we didn't know where any of the money was going, we were just spending, oh, I'm hungry. See, some of you, don't elbow your spouse. You see that? He's talking about you. So we started doing that. We started saving. And we started, and then the next time, we just asked him for ideas. And we started saving money, and we ended up paying for the cabin we went for. We paid cash for it. Only because we put our hand to it. The Bible says he'll bless the work of your hands. In heaven, zero is still zero. So we started putting the word to work. We started believing God, taking him at his word. We have people that, you know, we, we're, we're on the west side of town. Good timing. And... Uh, you know, so we have people all the time that will, we've had to lock the church door because they'll walk in. And some of them, uh, in the past, this, church, this building is that history of people trying to hide in here. And so then when, the, when it gets locked up, they can come out and whatever. So we've had to lock. That's why we have the doorbell. But I've had people that come and we were painting the building. I think John Schmidt was painting and, and maybe Tom and, you know, painting the stripe. Maybe even John was helping paint the stripe. But guy came up and, and he wanted help. And so I, you know, he said, I, I need $2. Um, I, I want a McDonald's cheeseburger. I haven't had one. I haven't eaten in three days. I need a cheeseburger. I said, buddy, I'll tell you what. Let's go get in my car. I'll take you down there. I'll give you all the cheeseburgers you can want. I can buy you a double quarter pounder with cheese. No, I couldn't ask you. I said, well, you just asked me for $2. Just, oh, come on, I'll, I'll feed you I'll, as much as you can eat. I can give you something you can take with you. Nope. All he wanted was the $2. Because he didn't really want cheeseburger. He wanted something else. And, and there, this is what we, you know, society has is, is just been, it, it, needs to, it needs to be founded on God. 
And as much as I want to help people, i got to qualify that they're being honest. I have to use that intuition or that discernment. You know, a lot of times people just want the church. Kim has been with me, will be 38 years this June, right? Yeah, see that? I got that right. And uh, we've had people come up and say, oh, we've been looking for a church. Man, if you marry us, we, we found our church. It's going to be great. So I do everything I'm supposed to do. As soon as the wedding's over, it's bye-bye Felicia. Okay. You know, it, it's just the, the mindset sometimes of the society, I guess, but not everybody. But listen to what I'm trying to tell you. Parasites want what's in your hand. A protege wants what's in your heart. Parasite wants what's in your hand. A protege wants what's in your heart. Some people are around you because it benefits them. Others are around you because they want what you've got. How did that happen? You know, that's how people get saved. They see Jesus in you, and they're like, you're changed. I, how did that how, how come you're happy? How come you have peace? Doesn't mean they don't have troubles, but there's something different. They want to go to the next level. If the kingdom's working for you, show me how that happened. Here's key number three, get involved. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. Listen, you don't always reap where you sow, but you do reap what you sow. Did you hear me? Good soil is important, but obedience is the key. It's a kingdom law. I can't change the law. It is just how the kingdom works. If you don't sow... You don't reap. And what is happening is because our society is pushing another agenda, we need to go back to the basics. We need to get back to the word of God. We need to do the way God says to do things. And so what I look at and say, just again, I look at myself. How did I let this happen? One mouthful at a time. So many times people get saved, they get delivered out of an area, and then God sends them back in there so they can show other people the change. And then they, how did that happen? And they want to be free. They can help others get free. We are called by God to live for him. Do what the Father does. That's what Jesus did. I just say what my Father says. I do what he does. Be about his business. Be humble. Be a servant. And this is what we do. But here's the problem some of us have, and I have had it myself. I don't have it as much anymore, but I've had it myself. I put our answer or I put the solution in the hands of people. Do you? I've done it before. I don't do that now. But it's true. God uses people. But people can let you down. And if you put all your eggs in that basket, what eggs are you putting in the basket for God? What if you just would trust God with everything and let him use the people? You see how quiet it is? Because it's tough. Because people have to be obedient. They have to be able to hear and do that. And I get that. But what if they don't? Does that mean you can't get an answer now because somebody didn't listen? You could say, well, well Brett, there's truth to that. I understand that. But is God not bigger than that? Can he not do anything? I say, can he not do anything? 
It says, if we believe, he can do anything. And maybe then let God deal with them if they're disobedient or whatever. That's between them and God. But my Bible says, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. Not to their riches, but to his riches. And the Bible says, if I sow, I will reap and God will take care of me. Don't tie your harvest to people. Put it to God. God never will let you down. Rest in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. He's the way maker. Key number four. Get a plan. Get a plan. Start today. Daily duty. The secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. We covered some of that in point one. But you can get a creative thought. You can have a planning thought, how to do it. This is what you need. You need strategy. How am I going to do this? What am I going to do? <clears throat> I don't have all the answers. I know some people did this and some people do this, and he might give you an idea or a concept. There's things that, I mean, the kingdom law always works. Kingdom principles always work. We, we believed, you know, uh, it's almost, well, it is hunting season for deer right now, bow season. Gun season comes in. I, I, I have a bow now. I have never got a deer with a bow. I have land that I can hunt on now, so that's fine. But I know Sam wanted to hunt, and I wanted to hunt, and we didn't have land that we could hunt on, so I had to buy a license and a deer permit. Those add up. And our budget was tight. Anybody ever have a tight budget? And I'm like, okay, let's put this principle to work. Let's put this kingdom law in effect. Father, I believe you, you will make my provision. You're going to help us get a deer. We're going to sow. We're going to believe. And we did. We sowed and believed God for an opportunity to get our license and our deer. And, you know, in, in just that same afternoon, I went into the bank to make a deposit. And the lady that was a teller said, I heard you detail cars. You detail cars? I said, yeah, ma'am, I can detail a car. She said, I'd like my car detailed. Could you do it this afternoon? Yeah, probably could. She said, what do you charge? I said, depends on how much detail you want. <laughs> and uh, I said, normally about 60. She said, I'll give you 80. I'm like, well, why don't you look at it? And if you like it, you decide. So she handed me her keys. I took the car home. Sam said, Dad, whose car? Guess what we're doing today? And we detailed the car out. We took it back. Got $80. Took my tithe and offering out of that. Went and bought all of our stuff. You see, there wasn't a, a money. There's no money in heaven. He doesn't need money as streets of gold. There's no, no angel up there shaking a money tree. Well, let that just sprinkle down the bread. No, what do you do? He just gives you an idea or a concept or a place to sow, and then God will help you with the harvest. You have to put your hand to whatever he's telling you. You need strategy. You need a plan. Creativity bursts. Structure or planning sustains. You can have a great idea, but then you got to walk it out. I'm, I've never written a book. I'm writing one now. I don't know what I'm doing. Probably shouldn't confess that, should I? I know exactly what I'm doing. But one of the reasons on vacation, I took my stuff so I could, I could start this book. I've been saying it for years. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. I think God's up there going, wah, 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 wah. So I went on vacation. 
I started writing a book. I wrote the introduction. I'm on like chapter four. Now I got to add more stuff to it and I have more things to put in there. But it's like it's starting to take shape and it's getting me excited. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. You see, planning, strategy, it sustains. So how are you going to do that? Let's just go with something simple. If I'm doing uh, weight loss, I, because of all of the history of what I know, I, I've developed my own plan. Okay. But I have to have a strategy. So I have to figure out. This, I have to have goals. I have to figure out this is what I'm going to do. And I know this is the holiday season. I know. But I'm not going to be legalistic. I'm still going to enjoy the holidays, but I'm going to also show some restraint. So if you're out there going, I was going to make you some candy, you'd be led of the Lord. There's a freezer at my house. <laughs> I have enough self-control. I'm good with that. But anyway, if you fail... Now listen to what I'm saying. It's not because of one incident or experience. It's because... It happened daily. In other words, you heard me say, you know, how did I put weight back on? I didn't put all my weight back on. <laughs> Some of you out there going, really? Wow, how much did you weigh? <laughs> okay, <laughs> get out. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it happened, it happened little by little. And that's the enemy. He comes at you little by little. He's subtle. He's deceptive. My wife said it today in our team huddle. Most people that are deceived don't know they're deceived because they're deceived. So they don't recognize it. Didn't put weight on overnight. You don't decide your future. You decide. Listen to what I'm saying. You decide your habits. Your habits make your future. You declare the word of God. I have declarations. I say every day, I declare God's word over my life, over my children's life, over my grandkids' life, over this church, over your life. It isn't just a, oh, I don't have a genie in a magic bottle. I have a God almighty. I have one that never leaves me. And he'll never leave you. But you have to declare the things of God. Who this day will you serve? For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so you declare the things of God. Lord, I'm going to do this. This is what you've told me to do. I declare that. I bind. You know you can bind. You have the keys to the kingdom. You can bind the enemy. You have ways to get him to stop. But you've got to be the law enforcement. You've got to put the badge on. You've got to go arrest him. What you do daily is creating your success or your failures. Successful people do daily what unsuccessful people do occasionally. Dave Ramsey says this, not just to quote Dave Ramsey. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with Dave. I'm just saying, but this is his statement. Live now like nobody else, so later you can live like nobody else. High five your neighbor. <laughs> Here's number five. Get busy. Look around you. You have something you can sow. Maybe it's time. It doesn't have to be money. But as long as the earth remains, there's seed time and harvest. An uncommon seed brings and creates an uncommon harvest. But be led of the Spirit and no one to sow. I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm just trying to be honest. There's time Kim and I, we've been on vacation. She said, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do this and let's sow it into the kids. Let's do this. 
And I would have to be in agreement with that. And I would say, okay, all right. Because I didn't have any check to say, no, that doesn't seem right. If I had that, then I would ask the Lord, because remember about discernment and intuition, we work with each other. And I'm like, okay, I feel good about that. So we would go ahead. And every time we do things like that, God says, harvest. Now, you might say, Brett, that's nuts. You can think what you want, and you can say, I don't like you talking about money. I'm just trying to tell you something. I'm trying. You see, when it comes to God and money, people think God's trying to take stuff from you, and God's trying to get things to you. Because what you have is not yours anyway. So we did that. On vacation, we, we did that. There was a couple times that we didn't tell anybody but each other. So we did. <clears throat> and, you know, we've been back. And in the time that we've been back, he brought $400, which was more than what we sowed. We didn't even know it was coming. And I don't believe it's, it's even going to stop. But what, I'm, what am I telling you? I'm telling you, you cannot outgive God. I'm saying in obedience, just do what he's telling you to do. Be led of the Spirit. If, if the Spirit is saying don't sow, then don't sow. But you do what he says when he says. We name our seed. This is what we're believing for. Because how are you going to know if it shows up? You know? you got to start doing what God's telling you to do. Release it in faith. Receive it when you pray, not when it shows up. Be ready to harvest your prayer. So be ready to pick it up and say, okay, God, I, I got that. You have power given to you by the Holy Spirit, and it's God's power. Be a good station for that to be delegated. The enemy expects you to be predictable. Listen to God and be obedient. Sometimes the enemy's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to tell him not to do. Do something that God's telling you to do, and it would totally throw the enemy off. Little as much when God is in it. All I have is a small jar of oil, just enough to make for me and my son. All I have is five loaves and two fish. I just have the widow's might, just a touch of the hem of his garment, just a little part of his garment. Twelve baskets of fragments left alone. They're not much, but put together, it's a whole lot. You see, it doesn't matter if you think, I don't have enough. With God, God is always enough. Colossians 2.10 says, I'm complete in him. There's times that, you know, we've used a postage stamp, and God reminded me, so I gave the postage stamp and then more. Postage stamp back in that day, I think, was 36 cents. Now it's 50-something, or is it 55? Something. But it was enough. Do you understand integrity? You need to be God's person. You need to be honest. You need to be the vessel that he can trust. I'm just telling you, I love, I love my, my wife. My father-in-law was here. He'd say, that's my woman when he'd talk to his wife. That's my woman. Well, that's my woman, which is his daughter. But we, we walked out of Hobby Lobby yesterday, and you know she told me this is what I figured the amount would be, and it came in a little under that. And I'm like, hey, that's pretty good. We got it for this. And she grabbed a receipt, and she said, honey, she didn't charge me for two of those things. I didn't question that. She didn't question that. I said, okay, I'll go put this stuff in the car, because she was going back in to say, hey, you didn't charge me 
for two of these. Now, see, there would have been a time back in the day we all would have done it. Yes. I got two things free. <laughs> Snooze, you lose. It's their fault, not mine. <laughs> we quit that stuff a long time ago. She went back in and said, hey, you only charged me for one. I got three of these. And those people are like, you are right. And they told her before she left, they said, I just want to thank you for being honest. You need to understand she didn't do it for the praise. She did it because of who she is. Let me say it more, of whose she is. Not because she's my woman, but because she's his child. It's about being truthful. It's about saying, God, I'm going to do this the way you want me to do it. Somebody needs to shine up in a dark place. Let me ask you this. What do you need? Is he not big enough? And I'm speaking to faith to myself. Maybe some of you are like, I need to break unbelief in my life. Then break it. Get your eyes focused on Jesus. Begin to tell him, Lord, whatever I have is yours. My friends, I have story after story after story where it was uncommon sense. Where we had just enough money. I don't even know if it was even enough. And he would say, you see that person? I want you to go and I want you to give them. We sat in a service one time and the Lord spoke to me and said, you see that person over there? I said, yeah. He said, give him $100. And I'm, I knew the bank book. And I'm like, okay. All right. So I'm like, I'm going to write that. And so I told Kim and Kim had the checkbook. She's writing a check. And I'm thinking, that's pretty cool. We must have connected. I said, honey, God wants me to give that person over there $100. She said, I know. He told me too. She was writing out another check. I'm like, okay. But God would turn around and bless us because we just did it in obedience. I, I didn't know what the harvest was. I didn't even really understand the kingdom laws. And I'm not saying I understand everything now. But I'm saying he took care of us. He's always taking care of us. He had me write. You know, when you write those checks that are big, I'm like, Lord, I don't even know how I'm even going to do Christmas. And he's quiet. He's still writing. I did what he said. And then inside of two weeks, somebody showed up. Now, think about the time in between the time I wrote it and the time like, because it's getting closer to the holiday. And I'm like, I've got young kids at that time. So I just keep confessing the word. Father, you supply all my needs. I'm not going to worry about that. I break off worry in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that it's going to be okay. You, you're going to make it. Somebody shows up at my door, doesn't know anything of what I've done. Said, this is going to seem crazy. But I'm supposed to give you this for Christmas and hands me a check. My friends, that doesn't just happen. That's a kingdom law. Now, I said all that, and I'm not here to pick your pocket. I don't want you to feel that's not what I'm trying to do. I want you to be obedient. And I, I'm here just to tell you, uncommon sense, ask God, what do I need to do?
What are you believing for? Now, I'm not just talking about finance. I mean for your life. Do you have aspirations of, I would love to be this. I would love to do that. I would love to have my own business. How's that going to happen? Ask God. He could connect you with the right people. He could connect you with an idea or concept that would create wealth. The Bible says he'll give you power to get wealth. It's not impossible. Matter of fact, to those that believe, it's possible. It's so possible. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and those that are watching online, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, that's step number one. Maybe you'd like to renew your life and say, God, I just need you in my life. Maybe you've kept Jesus. Maybe he's kind of 50-50, and you, you declare you're a Christian, but you really aren't living that way. But today you, you would like to jump all the way in the water, so to speak. If that's you, I want you just to put your hand up. If you're online, I'll pray with you right where you're at. Pastor, would you pray with me? If that's you, just raise your hand. I'll pray with you this morning. I won't embarrass you, I promise. Yes. Anyone else? Let's just say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. Be my Lord and my Savior. I accept you now. I'll do my best to change my life for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you said that and you're online or whether you're here in the building, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and God is going to do great things, but you have to give him your life. Put your hand to it. I'll help you do that, all right? Stand to your feet. Let's give God a big hand clap. <clears throat> we're going to receive our, our morning giving and then we're going to do baptism. So let's do our giving and let's just believe God. You can text 84321. You can send it to 374 North Main. You can go online and just give online. It's, it's very easy and very safe. And uh, so we are thankful for your generosity. God is so good. Maybe there's somebody that's just saying, you know what, this is my chance. And you're waiting. Just be obedient to the Lord. And that's all we can say. We want you to do what God wants you to do. So let's pray over that. Come on, we're going to change kingdoms of it, right? That's what's happening because it's earth curse system and you're going to take it from this system by you having the anointing of God. God gave you that, then you're going to move it into the kingdom of God. Father, in Jesus' name, it changes dominion and kingdom. So you have legality and authority now to work on this money. And Father, I thank you for blessing these people. Help them, God, to follow you in every way they can. Bless their families, their homes. And we thank you, Father, for your, your great, you're just awesome. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. My wife is coming. Mm -hmm. At this time, we'll ask all of our uh, baptismal candidates to come on up and have a seat over here. We're excited to celebrate with you. And two, know this, if you just feel that kind of tugging at your heart, like, you know what, I really feel I need to, to get baptized today. That's okay. We've, we've been there, done that. And there was one service um, a few years ago where we baptized 50 people 52 52 people and most of them were not uh, scheduled to get baptized it was just one of those services where the Lord was just there and anyway it was awesome so 
And I'm so thankful for Tara. She brings in the kids to come in to, to celebrate and to be able to um, watch this being modeled in front of their eyes. So um, without further ado, we're going to ask Mary Bidwell, if you could step over there where Pastor and Kim Milgate are. And guys, can you give her a hand? We're just so excited and we're celebrating this step with you. step in. Is it still warm? Good. Okay, yep, sit down, put your feet out that way. Yeah, that'll kill a Fitbit real quick, won't it? (laughs) Okay. Mary, I'm just going to ask you to pinch your nose, and then I want you to hold your wrist, and I'm going to, you'll know, I'll tell you when to take a deep breath, okay? Mary Bidwell, in your profession of faith of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Take a deep breath for me. Woo! That's awesome. Next, Jeremy, if you would follow Mary up there. This is Jeremy. This is Mary's husband, and we're excited for you all. Jeremy, Mary gave me $20 to hold you under longer. We're going to have you do the same thing, Jeremy. You're going to have to turn around. There we go. Sit down, feet out in front of you, because I got to put you back. There we go. It doesn't matter which hand, but you need to pinch your. Now hold your wrist for me. Your wrist. There you go. That'll help me. Jeremy Bidwell, in your profession of faith of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I baptize you now in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Take a deep breath for me. Awesome. (laughs) That is awesome. And last but not least, unless somebody else wants to get baptized today, Jonathan Strike. Jonathan, we're excited for you to celebrate this next step in your walk with Jesus. Jonathan, I recognize those shoes as Hey Dudes. My daughter just bought some. She told me I needed to be cool and get a pair. But they look really comfortable. You have somebody out there, they are. <laughs> there we go. Just hand that to me and hop in there. I can do that, Jonathan. Yep. That's my man. Sit down, feet out in front. Pinch your nose and hold your wrist. Jonathan Strike, on your profession of faith of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Take a deep breath for me, Jonathan. Woo! All right, sir. Amen. <laughs> All right, is there anybody else? We always want to make sure we give opportunity for anyone to be baptized. You don't have to be a member of the church mm-hmm. to be baptized. So just so you know, this is nothing about church membership. Yep. This is about just having a relationship with Jesus. That's mm-hmm. all. If you've given your heart to the Lord and you want to take that step. so It is an outward sign of an inward change. Mm-hmm. It, it symbolizes the resurrection uh, when he was put in the tomb and he rose again. That's what you're going down into the water, old life going away, new life coming up. Mm-hmm. That's what that symbolizes. Yep. Anyone else? And again, no pressure, but I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. As long as I get your name right, I'm good. <laughs> all right. Well, let's pray. Everybody stand to your feet.
This is going to be a great day today. I want you to enjoy it. I want you to love on the Lord. I want you to just be friendly with each other. God has got this, okay? If you're going through something, you need to give it to God. Get your, get your mind and your mouth on the word, okay? Get your heart all in there. Begin to declare it. Believe it. It's already settled. He's already done it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless these, your people, this day. As they leave this place, God, they are your army, and they are going out. And I give them praise. Protect them. Plead your blood over them. Pray angels over them. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.